Welcome to River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg. My name is Nolan Bicknell. Joining me as always is my co-host, Robert Zirk. Today on River City 360, we'll be joined in studio by Alana Keefe, business advisor at the Women's Enterprise Centre. She'll tell us about Fast Pitch and her role coaching one of the presenters. Then we'll be joined in studio by citizen journalist Jason Chung. He'll tell us about Ickborn Fest and other articles he's written for Community News Commons' Pigs Citizen Journalism Project. And we'll hear another installment of our series, A Charleswood Chat, with Len Van Roon Sr. of the Charleswood Historical Society. All this, some great tunes, and much, much more on today's episode of River City 360. Good morning and welcome to RC360. Nolan and Robert here with you at the corner of Portage and Maine from the wonderful downtown Winnipeg. Is it spring, Robert? Not quite. Yes, at it least is. It, hey. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> at least it, uh, at least it warmed up a little bit uh, earlier this week, which was a nice change of pace from the uh, very cold temperatures that we had for probably previously. the last for probably the last ten years. I have convinced myself at the end of February that okay, we're we're through the worst of it, and then March hits me like a ton in the face like a ton of bricks. So I am anticipating a brutal march because it always happens so i'm going to get out in front of it this time and say i'm not going to be surprised by the brutal march winnipeg that we're going to have i'm I'm just i'm calling it right now might as well expect it exactly um so we got a great show today we do i'm excited we've got some great guests coming in uh first of all we'll talk to alana keefe Uh, she's one of the fast pitch coaches actually we've covered fast pitch on the show for for a number of weeks fast pitch of course is a uh, winnipeg event that's taking place where we or the winnipeg foundation is bringing together uh 18 or 9 is it 19 18 i think it's 17 17 different presenters to give basically their three-minute elevator pitch of why what they do and who they are and then uh, a winner will be decided some cash will be handed out it's it's going to be a pretty cool event and there's a really broad spectrum of organizations involved yeah. uh some of which you might have heard of some of which you may not have but uh it's very interesting and uh it'll be very um I'm looking forward to seeing how everything progresses. Me too. So, absolutely. So I can't wait to talk to Alana. She's joining us in studio right after the musical break. But first, uh, let's let's play a song to kick off the show. How about uh, Strike Up the Band with Ted Heath right here on RC360.
Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan and Robert with you this morning, and we are now joined in studio by a very special guest. We have Alana Keefe. She is a business advisor for the Women's Enterprise Center here in Winnipeg and also a coach for Fast Pitch Winnipeg. Uh, Alana, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me, Nolan. So first question, uh, what, who are you? What do you do? Give, <laughs> give us the, the, quick, the quick fast pitch of who you are. You got my title right. I'm a business advisor. I've been with the Women's Enterprise Center of Manitoba for four and a half years. And we work uh, predominantly with female entrepreneurs, uh, either women-led or women-partnered businesses. And we help them uh, with startup business launch if they're looking to expand their business or uh, if they're uh, encountering some difficulty in running their operation. So we offer advice, uh, we have a lending program, and we do education and training. So you've been in an entrepreneur for decades? Is that I've fair had to say? a number of different uh, business ventures. Okay. And uh, surprisingly, the predominance of my career has been serving the not-for-profit sector. Uh, my first business was uh, a gallery and frame shop when I was in my early 20s. Okay. And then in my early 40s, I was uh, a consultant to the not-for-profit community. Right. Mm-hmm. So being a woman in the business world, what have you learned over the past uh, 20 years or so? How much time have you got? <laughs> Good point. <laughs> well, what's the fast pitch? Like, what what has the process been growing up as a young woman in business, and then now you know you, you're able to help young other young women? Yeah, you know, it's it's the entrepreneurial lifestyle for me is something that has always been really really attractive. Um, I've got quite varied interests as has my career has crossed a number of different paths. I've served the education sector, uh, arts and culture uh, has been a strong passion of mine. And my work, the the kinds of uh, businesses that I've operated have uh, relied on the variety of the kinds of clients that I get in touch with. And what's really intriguing about the Fast Pitch uh, initiative is that you've got Uh, a wide range collection of organizations and the individuals that are heading them up, be they the uh, executive director, CEO, or the presidents from such diverse backgrounds and the organizations themselves are um, terrifically representative, not just of our community, but of the wider community. So having the opportunity to work with um, the woman that we're working with and the organization we're working with is just a treat. It's a real treat. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is definitely a wide array of of different kind of backgrounds and people coming from all different sectors to to come together and kind of try to improve Winnipeg mm-hmm. in, in a mm-hmm. sense. Um, so you've worked across a whole bunch of different sectors and and things. What what are what are some consistencies that you see um, in Winnipeg and maybe just in in the business community in general? I've sat on both sides of the table. Um, As a consultant to the not-for-profit community, I worked in terms of board development and leadership. Uh, I would uh, uh, examine their uh, approaches from a development, marketing, and communication uh, standpoint and helping organizations better articulate what it is that they're doing and how they're articulating their um, value proposition so that they can better sell whatever it is, whether it's a, uh, an item, a widget, or a concept to the Winnipeg or the uh, province community at large. Um, fast pitch, we're working with individuals who maybe have, you know, they have the passion, they have the skill set, but maybe they don't have the presentation ability. And the coaches have been aligned with organizations and individuals to really help them hone and refine their message so that at the end of the initiative, you'll have 19, I think, are the number of presenters that are uh, 
uh, on board, pitching to a wide audience, three-minute pitches of themselves, their passion, their business, and why Winnipeg should care. We are speaking with Alana Keefe, business advisor at the Women's Enterprise Centre. And after the break, she's going to tell us a little bit more about Fast Pitch and what the process of coaching is like. Uh, But first, here's Paul Anka with My Hometown right here on River City 360. I took a little trip to my hometown. I only stopped just to look around. And as I walked along the thoroughfare, there was music playing everywhere. The music came from within my heart. How did it happen? How did it start? I only know that I Reeling, the bells were ringing, the birds were singing, and so the music it goes on and on all through the night until the break of dawn. I hear a birdie up in a tree, I hear him sing this melody, and so he sings. Thank you for listening to River City 360. We are talking with Alana Keefe of the uh, Women's Enterprise Center. A lot of times these these pitchers, these presenters, aren't necessarily public speakers. They aren't necessarily, you know, they kind of know what they do and they they usually started with the organization and, and climbed the ranks sort of, mm-hmm. but it's it's tough to really hone down on three uh, like a three-minute pitch mm-hmm. is difficult to do. So how are you helping them to, to really chisel down and get to the core of what, what they do? What's that process like? It's a really interesting process. We're working with a young woman, Nicole Shummerton, who is the executive director of Clinic and CIRC. CIRC is uh, the Sexual Education Resource Center. Myself and another fellow, uh, Michael Silich, or Silich uh, from the National uh, Bank Financing, we're helping her she's already delivered her you know sort of like a page and a half script right. and yesterday we met with her and essentially slashed and burned a little bit of the presentation it was too uh stat heavy along on the cut a lot is going on yeah, the cutting room floor going, but yeah. everything that she had to say was relevant and pertinent but you're trying to package it in such a way that an uninitiated individual who doesn't know anything about circ or clinic is going to 
you know, perk up, get interested. Right. And that at the end, the close, the pitch is going to be the real seller. It's going to uh, seal the deal, right? as it were, for the donors who are in the audience. Or, mm-hmm. So there, we, the very first event was, was sort of a speed dating thing. Um, could you describe sort of some of the other organizations that you saw that you thought may have been a good fit for you? Or why did you, um, why do you think you were paired with, with CERC and with the clinic? Uh, ED? That's a great question, yeah. Nolan, actually. And, and I'm going to say this, having, before I touch on that speed dating event, which was Wildly nerve-wracking, right. I'll just say that. Um, when we did the half-day seminar with uh, the Stand and Command fellow, Avnish. Avnish, he was on, yeah. the, on the show last week on, uh, the, on our radio show. What a terrific Fantastic. experience that yeah. was. But it was really clear that the Winnipeg Foundation did a great job pairing coaches with presenters. And it, and it didn't have to necessarily do with what our background was or what our passions were. But they connected personalities that they felt would really help advance the presenters in their area of, I'm going to use the word deficiency, but in the area where they could most most benefit. Um, So Michael, from a finance perspective, and myself having marketing and communications as a background, we're really able to put uh, Nicole, she's got a lot of information and a lot of experience. She's worked in the social uh, services sector for decades and is infinitely qualified at what she does but we can take that approach of what makes a good value statement what makes a good pitch that's going to sell and win over audiences so uh, I have to applaud the Winnipeg Foundation for lining us up now that uh, speed dating scenario is just like speed dating because I've done that too but you go around the room and you're sitting for a matter of just moments and trying to get the nuggets of information about the individuals right. that you're sitting across the table from. And everybody's a little bit nervous and everybody's sizing everybody up. But really it is, you either make an emotional connection or you don't. All the organizations represented were really interesting. There were uh, environment uh, agencies, there were um, big Brothers, Big Sisters, the Lake Winnipeg folks. There were founder already started organizations that were um, uh, helping the youth in our community, uh, Arts Junction. You when can't Michael, really go wrong at the end no, of the day. No, you can't go gonna, wrong. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, the, the organizers suggested that we rate one, two, and three our, our choices and that then they would take each coach okay. choice and sort of do a filtering, okay, sifting yeah, process. Yeah, yeah. Well, Michael and I probably ticked off 16 of the 19 people oh, that we really? interviewed because you couldn't, you couldn't go wrong, as yeah. you say. It's a room full of people doing great work. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Um, so where can our listeners go to find out more about what you do and more, uh, more about Fast Pitch, more about uh, what Cirque and, and Clinic does, and wh- where can we find more information? Uh, if you go to the Women's Enterprise Centre of Manitoba website, we're, uh, uh, we're actually going to be launching a new website uh, in just a, a few weeks' time. But uh, that gives you details of the kind of work and advisory business that we do. Um, Nicole actually wrote a blog just recently, and you can get that off the CERC website and Perfect. the clinic website. It's a terrific blog, both about Fast Pitch and about Michael and my participation with her in it. Awesome. Um, yeah, no, Great. I really encourage your so, listeners to, to go out and seek out more information. So your website will be continued to be at WECM.com? Yes. Even after the new dot one's CA. launch? Oh, dot, dot .ca. Yeah. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Well, thank you very much, uh, Alana Key, for taking the time to talk to us today. Thanks, Nolan. It's a pleasure. Thanks, Nolan. If you'd like to learn more about Alana's work at the Women's Enterprise Center, as she mentioned, you can go to WECM.ca. 
Or if you'd like to learn more about Fast Pitch, you can visit the Fast Pitch uh, website at the Winnipeg Foundation's website. And the address to that is fastpitchwinnipeg.org. That's fastpitchwinnipeg, all spelled out, dot org. And now here's the next installment in our series about Winnipeggers who, through foresight, planning, and generosity, created a lasting legacy that helped make their community a better place. Here's my co-host, Robert Zirk. Samuel H. Gilfix couldn't have imagined the innovative project that his charitable gift would support. Mr. Gilfix was born in Russia in 1902. Three years later, he and his family immigrated to Canada. He was a food broker and had a successful career as an importer and manufacturer. He was president of Hunter's Food Manufacturing Company. Their chips and cheese were well-known products throughout Western Canada. Mr. Gilfix was also an active community member. He was a life member of the Masonic Lodge, a member of Sharezadek Synagogue, B'nai B'rith, Technion University, Ben-Gurion University, and a founding member of Glendale Country Club. Samuel H. Gilfix had foresight. He gave to his community through a discretionary fund at the Winnipeg Foundation. In 1982, Mr. Gilfix established the Samuel H. Gilfix Endowment Fund at the Winnipeg Foundation to benefit six organizations working in health-related areas. When he passed away in 1988 at the age of 85, he also established the Samuel Gilfix Fund through a bequest in his will. Since gifts to the Foundation are endowed, they continue to support our community for good forever. Over time, the grants it generates can surpass the value of the original gift, multiplying the positive impact in our community. One grant made through the Samuel Gilfix Fund supported a series of videos that teach family and professional caregivers how to help those who are unable to care for themselves. The videos are available online through the Canadian Virtual Hospice, making them easily accessible to caregivers. When Mr. Gilfix established his funds, home computers were uncommon, and only a few people had even heard of the internet. And yet, his gift continues to make innovative impacts in the health field year after year, forever. When you give to the Winnipeg Foundation, you're joining Mr. Gilfix and thousands of others with the foresight to support our community for good, forever. Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you this morning, and we are joined by a very special guest. We have Jason Chung. He is a citizen journalist at Community News Commons and a mental health advocate here in Winnipeg. Jason, thanks for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. No problem. So we wanted to have you on the show because you're a very prominent prom, prominent citizen journalist on Community News Commons. Uh, so maybe just tell our, our listeners what, what you write about and what they can find on CNC uh, under your penmanship. I really like plays, and ever since uh, our initial training, I think I made plays and they reveals a mission of mine. So um, in this year's Eggburn Fest, Eggburn Fest, yeah, yeah, um, I have reviewed three plays thus far. Um, the the one at our the warehouse theater, things we do for love, uh, a strange pair at the Downingford Museum, which sadly is over now. And also Table Manners okay. at the Harrow United Church, yeah. which last show is on February 21st, 
at 2 p.m. Okay, cool. So uh, what, what, what is it about the theater that you enjoy so much? I think theater opens up our imagination to things that we usually can't find in a mundane. We laugh, we you know, holler, we scream at the characters, sometimes we cringe. But most of the times, I appreciate that you know, they're just everyday characters within our thought and you know, thought-provoking boundaries. And it really stimulates our not only thinking, but the emotional processes that goes on within ourselves. Right. So what, what, drew, what drew you to community, community news comments? Why did you want to write for CNC? I thought about this question a lot, uh, Nolan. Um, I, at the time, I have two choices. I can go ahead and enroll in a poultry workshop or t- take the CNC training. And I find that um, I have a friend that have written for the community news comments. Okay. And she really enjoys it. And I just thought, maybe I should just give that path a chance. Because writing poetry confines me a little bit more to the personal and the the literary side of things. And I want to be engaged in my community as well. Right. So I I mentioned at the top of of the segment that you're a mental health advocate. Why why is that something that you uh, have taken up as, as one of your mantles? Well, it has a lot of personal connections. Um... Part of the reason this is happened in my family. Mm-hmm. I lost um, someone very close to me, uh, by su- died by suicide. Oh, I'm sorry and to hear that. I myself have a diagnosis as well. And I realized people are very silent and very scared to talk about it. I did a little experiment once. And basically, I just tested talking about these topics, how long people would be willing to stay with you. What do you mean by that? Like, what kind of experiment? Well... It's a kind of a thought experiment okay. of sorts. I time. I started the clock at where I started engaged in the person besides me. Um, just a friend or a colleague? Um, or? Someone, we can just say that, you know, yeah. a colleague at okay. the CNC. Okay. And, and test this to see how long before they'll phase out or feel so uncomfortable they'll have to change topics or okay, change yeah. person. No more than two minutes. Really? That's all the time people are willing to give you. Because of the stigma and because Absolutely. of the... Absolutely. Okay. And this kind of work is not never easy. I also um, speak on behalf for the United Way um, for their campaign. Um, this is my first year. Oh, yeah. And I talk about you know recovery and mental health and how it is possible to recover from mental health. And in the monologue that I published, I got published, uh, I said recovery is possible through persistence in compassion, love, patience, self-kindness and inner peace. So mm-hmm. I think based on the five principles, um, we can achieve recovery. And recovery is not only possible, people not only survive a mental illness, but they also thrive. We are speaking with Jason Chung, citizen journalist at Community News Commons. After the quick musical break, we will ask him about a theater festival that's going on in this city right now. But first, here's Oscar Peterson with Come Dance With Me, right here on River City 360.
Thank you for listening to River City 360. We are speaking with Jason Chung. He is a citizen journalist at Community News Commons. You've written about uh, Akeborn Fest, which is a, a festival going on in Winnipeg right now. Tell us about how the festival works, why it's called Akeborn Fest, and, and what you're going to see if you go to some of these plays. So there is um, 10 plays and two stage readings and two guest lectures including a panel. Uh, the lectures and the, and the stage readings are completed now. Um, there's various places you can check online at uh, www.rowmtc.ca uh, for further information on show times and uh, the shows that are still remaining to be available. And basically every year, uh, the RMTC, the Royal Mantle Theatre Centre, uh, holds a Master Playwright Festival, where, if, where different playwrights throughout um, prom- very prominent playwrights, including but not limited to um, Arthur Miller and Tremblay and. Okay, uh, so if on different years it would be Miller Fest or Tremblay Fest. This yes, year that's it's correct. Alan Akeborn yes, Fest. Yes, okay, yeah. I get it now. Makes yeah. sense to me. And uh, so, what has been the best play you've seen so far? I have to say. Without prejudice, because I'm a journalist, I have to be impartial. Yeah, remain but one, unbiased. But one of them that really caught my eyes this year was uh, one called Table Manners at um, the Harrow United Church. Why I say that is, um, it's a very funny and poignant play, and it explores all facets of relationships, why we relate to others as we do, and why we um, you know, have conflicts, and why we, you know, disappoint and ultimately, you know, betray our relationships that we have. Wow. So I think that was really interesting. You, you can find a review, my review on that um, on the CNC and website. And I just find that out of, of all, some of ones is very poignant and very funny. Great. So you can read any and all of Jason's uh, work on communitynewscommons.org. Uh, what, was, what was the process like when you first started writing for CNC, and how did you sort of grow as a journalist? I think it was really difficult. Um, Chinese people have an adage that says everything that begins at the beginning is difficult, meaning right. that um, everything that's when we start is probably the hardest, and then it gets easier down the road. Um, basically, it was... You know, I started a draft. I was covering uh, a panel that I was on and uh, on moderating uh, Psychosis Awareness Day a couple of years ago. Okay. A uh, cold moderate, cold moderate, right. sorry. Um, and I was trying to, you know, talk to all my mod- co-moderators and ask their opinions on, you know, how to deal with the stigma, how to deal with, you know, you know, the Ill- you know coping with illness and recovery. And I have everything written out. I just could not write it. I was having this such such great mental block because I was really it was self stigma on my part that I feel you know ashamed that I would let down people if I write it and interesting it didn't it, it, it was really weird but then the breakthrough was I went to TEDx Manitoba 2014 mm-hmm. and saw a whole bunch of inspirational ads and I just thought you know what and I was taking um on uh, online kind of like a massive online uh, learning course, okay. one of the MOOC courses uh, on poetry. So I decided to combine the poetry and the journalism together. Great. And that was my first piece. That was the TEDx you know, journalism, putting the armor of community, mm-hmm. the first one. And how, and how does Community News Commons sort of help you tell your story? 
Well, Noah is a great editor. Noah Ehrenberg, Noah friend, Ehrenberg of the, friend of the show. Yeah, friend of the show and you know, friends of many of our yeah. you know, fellow writers in, sure. the pro, in, the, in, in, in the initiative. And he is wonderful in supporting you from the beginning, from the inception of the idea to completing and finish editing. I have, I counted my articles, I have about 26 now. Nice. And it was, um, I started actually in spring of 2014. Wow. So um, I really enjoy writing because if there's something that really catch my attention, then I I would pursue it. I think writing is a wonderful way to do that. And how community news comments it helps me is it encourages people to bring in diverse ideas to really focus uh, not only on you know current the most you know recent topics or the most you know popular topics but things like you would never heard about so definitely well i've personally enjoyed reading your articles and and as i mentioned earlier our listeners can go to communitynewscommons.org to read any of jason's uh, articles what, what do we what do we expect from you coming next what are what are some of the next articles that you're working on or what's coming down the pipe so there's a local theater uh i'm not gonna go into the theater okay. so much but uh, there's a mental health project and a and a related play coming up. So um, I might be working on that. It's kind of combining two of your passions. So that's that's a marriage made in heaven. That's perfect. Yes, theater theater and mental health. So um, yeah, and I have some participation um, in helping to, um, you know, develop that not not as a writer but you know as a contributor of okay sorts. great yeah. fantastic mm-hmm. that's great to hear so jason chung is a citizen journalist and mental health advocate here in winnipeg thank you so much jason for taking the time and talking to us today on river city 360 thank you very much Thanks, Nolan. To read all of Jason's articles, or if you're interested in citizen journalism and you'd like to get involved with CNC yourself, you can visit the Community News Commons website. That's communitynewscommons.org. Again, that's communitynewscommons.org. Coming up after the break, we will have a Charles Wood chat with Len Van Roon Sr. But first, here's Till the End of Time by The Nobles, right here on River City 360. the blue. 
back to River City 360. In this installment of A Charleswood Chat, past president of the Charleswood Historical Society, Len Van Roon Sr., talks about life in the early days of Charleswood before it became part of Winnipeg, and also about how the hard work and dedication of his late wife, Verna, led to the establishment of Canada's largest urban nature park. Here is A Charleswood Chat. It was a grassroots type thing. Yes. And being a small community, it was almost separate from Winnipeg. It, well, it was. It was a municipality of Charleswood, formed in 1913. But <clears throat> they had their own bylaws and their own. And uh, electricity was short. There was no sewer stuff. So it stayed kind of dormant for quite a while. But it became like a community. You know, everybody knew everybody, helped everybody. It wasn't a big any development of any size. In fact, people used to have cottages out here, you know. <laughs> it just formed naturally because there was no pressure to really build the place up. It was uh, like a small farm community. My wife was such a wonderful supporter. She was uh, centennial chairman for this area. And uh, she could get things done, just do wonders, because she had a way with people, you know. Actually, she's the one that uh, established uh, Centiboine Forest because when she was chairman, she said, because when we changed over to the city of Winnipeg, that land was all just sitting there. Tuxedo didn't do anything with it. There was a big land boom in the 1920s, and then it collapsed, and that land was all arrears for taxes. And uh, she said, oh, that'd make a nice buffer and a wonderful place for nature study. I said, do you know what that's worth? You know, that didn't deter her at all. She had a couple of businessmen that said, yes, that is a good idea. And bam, it went through. I met a guy years later and I was telling him about this. I said, boy, my wife worked on that and then got it through. He said, do I know about it? He said, I worked for three years rounding up all the uh, titles for these things because even though it was a rear for taxes, you still had to find who owned it and do the paperwork, you know. He said, I worked my butt off for three years. <laughs> but it was so successful. 
And to learn more, you can visit the Charleswood Historical Society every Saturday from 2 to 4 p.m. at 5006 Roblin Boulevard, or you can visit their website at charleswoodhistoricalsociety.ca. Thanks, Robert. Um, so every week, we usually have Noah Ehrenberg of Community News Commons on to tell us about This Week in Citizen Journalism. Mm-hmm. And part of his segment is I like to ask him to bring us a local song, uh, something that our listeners may not have heard of, uh, but that's still worthy of their ears. Um, and I understand you have a pretty extensive knowledge of local music and just kind of music in general. So I thought instead, since Noah is away this week, we would uh, bestow that honor upon you. What do you, what do you got for us this week? Sure. So uh, I've got a song by a duo called The Small Glories. Um, the duo is comprised of Kara Luft and J.D. Edwards, which are both names that are well-known yeah, throughout the uh, Winnipeg music scene. Uh, Kara was formerly with the trio uh, The Wayland Jennies, and J.D. is known for his work with his... Uh, the JD Self-titled band? With the J.D. Edwards band, that's right. Um, They formed in 2012, and they're getting set to release their album called Wondrous Traveler. Uh, If you want to check out more of their music, you can visit their website, thesmallglories.com, or you can check out their album release party happening on February 27th at the West End Cultural Centre. Here's a track from their forthcoming album. It's a real upbeat folk pop tune. It's called Way Over Yonder. Here it is by the Small Glories, right here on River City very much for listening to River City 360. We are all done this week. Thank you very much for listening and thank you very much to our guests, uh, Jason Chung, the citizen journalist for Community News Commons, and Alana Keefe, business advisor at the Women's Enterprise Centre. 
If you want to hear more views and news from around Winnipeg, listen to any of our past episodes or subscribe to our podcast. Visit us online at rivercity360.org. Again, that's rivercity360.org. River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg, is a project of the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with Community News Commons and CJNU 93.7 FM. Please give us a call. We would love to hear your feedback. Our number is 204-944-9474, extension 360, and leave us a comment about the show. You can also request a song or suggest a topic for us to discuss on a future show. So again, that's 204-944-9474, extension 360. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook by searching at RiverCity360 on Twitter, and just regular old RiverCity360 on Facebook. I'm Nolan Bicknell signing off for River City 360. And I'm Robert Zirk. Thank you again so much for listening. Be sure to tune in next week at 815 for more views and news from around Winnipeg. Have a great Sunday. Oh,